Hello everyone, welcome to the Reserve Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Mark, and today we will discuss what I consider to be the more difficult, often stigmatized topics of mental health. We will be discussing depression and suicide. As a disclaimer, this is not going to be a light discussion. Depression should never be taken lightly. If you expect a lighter side of depression, or nothing too serious, I say this isn't for you. If you or a loved one is experiencing depression or thoughts of suicide, I would recommend seeking out clinical help or reaching out to the SAMHSA hotline at 988. If you are personally experiencing depression, I say this, we are here for you. There is hope. No, it will not be easy, but know this, you can do it, and you are worth it. This podcast will cover the nitty-gritty some sensitive and not-for-the-faint-of-heart accounts of depression, and brief discussions of suicide. From someone who has experienced this firsthand, I can recount the feelings and emotions behind these disorders. I hope it provides insight into the minds of people dealing with these disorders, along with science and research that has been found to support these issues. First off, what is depression? According to the American Psychological Association, they define depression as a negative affective state ranging from unhappiness and discontent to an extreme feeling of sadness, pessimism, and despondency that interferes with daily life. Various physical, cognitive, and social changes also tend to co-occur, including altered eating or sleeping habits, lack of energy or motivation difficulty concentrating or making decisions, and withdrawal from social activities. It is symptomatic of a number of mental health disorders. Depression is considered a type of mood disorder. There are also multiple forms of depressive disorders, such as major depressive disorder, persistent depressive disorder, postpartum depression, bipolar depression, seasonal affective disorder, and psychotic depression. Is depression that common? Well, I'm glad you asked. Depression, according to the World Health Organization, states depression is a common illness worldwide, with an estimated 3.8% of the population affected, including 5% among adults and 5.7% among adults older than 60 years. Approximately 280 million people in the world have depression. Think about that. It's a staggering statistic, isn't it? Would you believe there are people you know who may be battling depression, but don't even show it? In some cases, those dealing with depression will not let on to others. They will tend to mask it or pretend everything is okay when, internally, they know something is wrong. Now that you know that depression is common, what is the most common disorder among these? Cantor et al. in 2008 propose that the most common type of depressive disorder is a major depressive disorder. Now, I have been formally diagnosed with this disorder, and I have been battling this for nearly 10 years since I was clinically diagnosed. The major depressive disorder typically occurs when you find a lack of engagement in typical activities or even regular functions. You seem to be disconnected and reserved in the way you act. To be diagnosed with such a disorder, A combination of symptoms must occur to be clinically diagnosed with this. 
According to Spielman et al. in 2020, they stated, to receive a diagnosis of major depressive disorder, one must experience a total of five symptoms for at least two weeks. These symptoms must cause significant distress or impair normal functioning, and they must not be caused by substances or a medical condition. In addition, they must experience one additional symptom, such as weight loss or gain, issues with sleep, agitation, feelings of guilt or worthlessness, concentration issues, and perhaps one of the most defining symptoms, suicidal ideation. According to Bercusa and Icono in 2007, they state, due to the fact that depression can be so recurrent, it can have significant personal and public health consequences. Why is this important? This means that those that suffer from these types of disorders are more likely to have recurring episodes later on, and there is an increased chance of them experiencing them more intensely in future occurrences. Now, we touched on one symptom that is typically considered when diagnosing MDD, otherwise known as major depressive disorder. That symptom was suicidal ideation. What is suicidal ideation? According to Peirce in 2022, she states, Strictly speaking, suicidal ideation means wanting to take your own life or thinking about suicide. She explains that there is also passive and active suicidal ideation. Passive is more that you had hopes of being dead or dying, but there is no planning or further acting on those thoughts. Whereas active is when you don't just have thoughts about it, but have intentions as well as a plan for following through with it. As I mentioned, this podcast will have some sensitive components. In the later part of 2013, when I was in high school, I felt as downed and stressed as I could be. I thought with the lack of scholarships and the difficulty of working and going to school that there was no hope for my future, and it wasn't worth continuing. I felt like I was a failure, like everything was against me. I had tried overdosing on a combination of over-the-counter medications, hoping I would die. This was not only an example of active suicidal ideation, since an attempt was made, it was also considered a suicide attempt. Fast forward seven years, and I found myself attempting to commit suicide once again, but in a more grand manner. I won't go into detail on that, as it is a bit more graphic than I would like to let on. Why would I bring this up? Why would I choose to rehash some of the darkest memories I have? In most cases, suicidal ideation and attempts are related to some form of depression. Depression is strongly related to both suicidal ideation and attempt, but it lacks specificity as a predictor, and little is known with the about the characteristics that increase the risk of suicide among people with depression, according to Bradvick, 2018. With depression and suicide being related, it is important to know that these conditions are not limited to just one age range or populace. This can be present in anyone, though it is more prevalent in older people. Suicide is an often misunderstood and frowned upon action that those battling depression take. We know what depression and suicidal ideation are, but how is suicide defined? According to Bilson, 2018, she states, Suicide is defined as a fatal, self-injurious act with some evidence of intent to die. What is further intriguing is that Bilson in 2018 discovered that disorders help contribute to between 47 and 74% of suicidal risk. 
This act of suicide is more common in males than it is in females, and those with a prior history of it have a further increased chance of risk than those who had not previously attempted. There is hope to combat depression and suicidal ideation. Research from Torpy, 2010, identifies that treatments for depression include medications such as antidepressants, psychotherapy, bright light, and electroconvulsive therapy. There are many resources available as well. First and foremost, for those dealing with depression, try talking with a family member and loved one. Let them know that something is wrong. If they ask if everything is alright and you are saying yes, you are not allowing for help. If you aren't comfortable with talking to family about this, seek clinical help. Reach out to the SAMHSA hotline or search for a clinical provider in your area. You can always look into better help to start. Depression is never easy to discuss, but I can assure you that most people would prefer you to talk to them and have you cry on their shoulders rather than attending a funeral, never knowing anything was wrong, and not being given the opportunity to help. Men who face depression often deal with the stigma that crying or seeking help is not masculine and often repress their feelings and avoid seeking help due to the stigma and views that their peers would have. According to Chapman in 2020, she states, American men are subjected to a culture where the standards of masculinity are literally killing them. One of the factors that contributes to the underuse of seeking professional help is masculinity norms. For us men, we often deal with toxic masculinity that inhibits us from seeking out much-needed help. There is a need to change that. Those that fall victim to this concept risk worse fates than being ridiculed by peers. They can often see self-harm, or worse, death. In conclusion, depression and suicide are two parts of mental health that should be taken seriously and have less stigma attached. Evidence points to the potential dangers that failing to recognize these aspects has. Ensuring that we make a welcoming space for all and show that we support those battling these things is critical so we can help prevent further cases of suicide and depression-related death. All it requires is time and willingness to help someone in need. Depression and suicide will continue to exist as long as there is stigma and an uninviting atmosphere it is exposed to. Recognizing triggers and stressors that contribute to this are equally important. Find the things in your life that might worsen these matters and try to avoid them or make a change that would benefit you. Making slight changes in your life is sure to promote your well-being. Thank you for listening, and again, if you need help, contact SAMHSA at 988. Look online at BetterHelp. Try to talk to a family member or loved one, and don't be afraid to seek help. We are here for you. We want you to be here. For those that think suicide is the only answer, let me be an example that as I live today, while I have tried, I am stronger than I was before because I pushed myself to live. If you can't find it in you to live, think of your loved ones, and if anything, live in spite of yourself. There is so much more to the world. Give yourself the chance to find it. This information is not provided by a clinical representative. So this is not clinical advice, but definitely if you need the help, seek it and get the help that you need and deserve. Thank you.